the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is Giving Thanks to God. Giving Thanks to God. This is a special day in the life of People's Baptist Church of Boston. Each year on Thanksgiving Sunday, we celebrate both Thanksgiving and Loyalty Day, a day when we show loyalty to Christ and his church by giving a sacrificial gift. It's always appropriate for a Christian to express gratitude to God for his many blessings. This week I came across an article which uh, was entitled, 100 Blessings for Which You Ought to Give Thanks. Time would not allow me to cover that many, but I can cover four on this Thanksgiving Sunday. Four things for which you ought to give thanks. First, we should give thanks for the grace God has shown us. So the question is, what is grace? Grace is God's love in action. Grace is when God gives to us what we need, not what we deserve. Grace is anything that I desperately need, that I don't deserve, that I could never repay, but God gives it to me anyway. Grace is a face that God puts on when he looks at my mistakes, my faults, and my failures. Grace is the free gift of God, which we can't earn and we don't deserve. You see, every beat of our heart, every step of our feet, every action of our hands, every function of our body, every thought of our mind is possible only because of God's amazing grace toward us. Whereas sin separated us from God, God's grace drew us nearer to himself. Whereas sin condemned us, God's grace declared us righteous. Whereas sin brought us death, God's grace brought us eternal life. And whereas sin caused us to be guilty, God's grace brought us forgiveness of sins. No wonder then that Christians love to sing about God's amazing grace. For what we could never have done for ourselves, God's grace did for us. Everything that God does 
in us and through us and for us and to us is by grace. In Psalm 103, verses 2 through 10, David gives us a laundry list of some of the things that God does in our lives for which we ought to give thanks. And uh, David, David says, praise the Lord, I tell myself, and never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He ransoms me from death and surrounds me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. The Lord is merciful and gracious. He is slow to get angry and full of unfailing love. He has not punished us for all our sins, nor does he deal with us as we deserve. Are those things for which we should joyfully give thanks to the Father today? I would say so. Aren't you glad that God doesn't give you what you deserve, but rather what you need? Aren't you glad that he rescued you from the dominion of darkness and placed you in his marvelous light? If your heart does not explode with gratitude when you understand the grace of God, you have no idea what bad shape you were in before Christ came into your life. The one word which describes our life before we met Christ is hopeless. Our lives had no meaning, no purpose. There was guilt, fear, worry, regrets of all kinds. There was nothing we could do to get rid of them. We were headed for an eternity without God. But God came along in his wonderful love and said, I'm going to show you my grace. Praise God for his amazing grace. It is fitting that we give thanks to the Father for all he has done for us individually and collectively on this Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Sunday. You're here today only because of God's grace. You could have been in the grave. You could have been paralyzed by a stroke or by an accident. You could have been in the hospital today. But you are here, and so we need to give God thanks. In the words of John Newton, through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. But the second thing for which you ought to give thanks is for the plan that God has for us. We should give thanks for the plan that God has for us. Now, whether you realize it or not, life is not an accident. We were created for a reason. We were made for a purpose. God has a plan for your life and my life. Our parents may not have planned us, but God did. As Ephesians chapter 1, 4, and 5 tells us, it says, Long ago, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this 
give him great pleasure. God from eternity had a plan for your life and for my life. And that plan is being worked out in our lives right now. It's not a plan we should be afraid of or worry about. It's a good plan. God tell, tells the people of Israel in Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Isn't that something we should joyfully give thanks for? I would say so. You see, God's plan is so good and so great that he even takes our mistakes, our faults, our sins, and the things that other people do to us, weaves them together and brings good out of them. You see, God's plan for our life is not all happy and all comfortable. It includes pain, sorrow, disappointments, and some unanswered prayers. Because God knows exactly what it takes to get us to the point where he wants to get us to. Yet through these things, he's working out his purposes for us. This is why Paul could say in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. But the third thing for which we ought to give thanks is that we should give thanks for the inheritance God has awaiting us, awaiting for us. Peter tells us about this inheritance in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses uh, 3 and 4, where Peter says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy... He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. As Christians, we don't have to be afraid of the future. We should be the most confident people in the world about the future because we know where we are going and we know how the story ends. Humanity's mortality rate is 100%, with two exceptions, Enoch and Elijah. Everybody here today is terminal. Every human being is terminal. It is just a matter of time. But we don't have to be afraid of death, for death does not have the last word. Indeed, Jesus does, and he says in John chapter 11, 25 and 26, it says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. There is always something for which we ought to give thanks for. And we ought to give thanks for the fact that death has been conquered by Jesus Christ. And now we are on our way to heaven to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light, according to Paul in Colossians. 
But he also says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse, verse 9, says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. And that calls for joyous, joyful thanks to the Father. But the fourth thing we ought to give thanks for is the changes that God is making in us. We should give thanks for the changes that God is making in us. I don't know about you, but I am so glad that I'm not the person I used to be. God is making changes in my life I could never do on my own. See, God is in the process of creating a masterpiece. And when he is finished with me and finished with you, we will be the talk of heaven. The angels and archangels will marvel at how Christ could take a sinful, imperfect lump of clay like you and me and make us into a perfect specimen of his grace. Many of you have seen transformations in your life that no human being, no program, no therapy could have done. You have seen changes in your marriage, changes in your relationships, changes in your attitude. And you ought to be thankful from the bottom of your heart for these changes that God has wrought in your life. The longer we are Christians, the more we forget what a good deal we have in Jesus Christ. You see, we actually forget what it is like to live without hope, to live without help, to live without God's power, God's presence, God's peace, and God's protection. As soon as we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, he starts the process of changing us into the person that he wants us to be. In 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18, Paul says, And as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like him and reflect his glory even more. That is God's goal for us, to make us like Jesus Christ. And that should be the bottom line in everything that we do as a church here. So we are in the life-changing business. When you boil it down, it is not the buildings, it is not the programs, it is not the music that are important. These are only means to an end. To see lives changed, transformed, people rejoicing in the goodness of God and, and moving on. Uh, to, uh, to heaven. You see, no matter how great the program, no matter how large the budget, or how wonderful the fellowship, if lives are not being changed, then we are not fulfilling God's purpose for us as a church. People's Baptist Church has seen a constant parade of changed lives over the last 40 years, almost 40 years since I've been here. They are not perfect. But they are, their feet are moving in the right direction. I thank God that they are not what they used to be. See, Paul prayed in Colossians chapter 1 that we should joyfully give thanks to the Father. And so the question is, how do we give thanks? How do we do this? I can think of four ways we can 
give thanks to God from the scriptures. First, by singing. By singing. Psalm 147 and verse 7 says, Sing out your thanks to him. Sing praises to God. Oh, somebody might say, but I can't sing. I don't have a good singing voice. Well, you don't have to be able to sing like the members of the choir. All you need to do is to be able to hum a tune. When you are in the car or in the bathroom or in the shower, you can hum a tune. You can always sing in your hearts to God for what he has done for you. I'm not talking about singing those um, pop tunes that you, that, you, that you get. I'm talking about music that can benefit you. Um, music that um, has been approved by God and affirmed the, scripture, the scriptures and the theology which we find in the scriptures. Now, psychologists have discovered that singing praise actually lifts our spirits. Praise renews, praise rejuvenates. It's a mood lifter. If you're feeling down, just start singing, you know, a praise song, one of the hymns of the faith, and watch the miracle of thanksgiving take place in your heart. We give thanks to God also by serving. We sing with our lips, but we serve with our lives. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse uh, 28 says, Since we have a kingdom that nothing can destroy, let us please God by serving him with thankful hearts. When we serve God, it is not a chore. It's not some duty, some obligation. It's a privilege for us to be able to serve God. And until you recognize it's a privilege, then you cannot really serve God the way you should because you're going to be complaining all the time. Complaining about various things because you are not looking at what you are doing as something that God wants you, wants you to do and for which he created you. The motive for serving, the motive for using our talents and gifts in serving God, as well as others, is gratitude. If people's, in People's Baptist Church, lots of people are serving in little jobs, obscure jobs, or visible uh, jobs, but they are serving with thankful hearts. And we thank God for all of those who serve God and his church uh, in so many little ways, which we may not uh, recognize or, or applaud but God sees and he's going to reward uh, those who serve him diligently uh, as a way of thanking him for his goodness. You see, we sing our, we sing our thanks with our lips, but we, we serve with our lives. We also give thanks by giving. By giving. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 11 says, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. It's the level of my giving shows the level of my gratitude to God. Thanks and giving go together. If I'm not giving 
to support the ministry of God's church, the building of his kingdom, it means that I'm not very grateful for what God has done and is doing in my life. David's prayer when he asked the nation of Israel to give for the building of the temple of God reflects the attitude God's people uh, should have when they give. He says in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verses 13 and 14, Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. So you're not giving, giving um, anything that God has not already given you. God um, gives us 90% for us to use and 10% to, for the building of his kingdom. And the question you have to ask is, am I being faithful to God? Am I showing gratitude to God for all that he has done, all he has given me? You, could, um, you have a job, but you could lose that at any time. You have your health, but you could lose that at any time. So why don't we express our gratitude to God by seeking to expand his kingdom uh, so that others might come to know him in the pardoning of their sins? So when the people of Israel gave for the building of the temple, they did not give with a reluctant heart. They gave out of gratitude. They gave with thanksgiving. Their giving was a result of their thanks. And so when you give with gratitude, it becomes an act of worship. We give God thanks by singing, by serving, by giving and then finally, by telling, by telling. Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 4 says, Thank the Lord, praise his name, tell the world what he has done. Oh, how mighty he is. This is what we call a testimony. And we heard a testimony this morning of God's faithfulness to our brother Ron Marlowe. A testimony is telling others what God has done in your life. Nobody can give your testimony except you. You are the authority on your life. If you don't give a testimony about how God has worked in your life, then it is never going to be told. God says that one of the ways we give thanks is by telling our story of how he has worked in our lives. And you don't have to get to um, 100 years old to gather your family around you, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, and just share with them what, how God has been with you, how he has blessed you through the years, so that they will have something that they can, they can hold on to and uh, emulate uh, as they seek to live their lives. You see, God wants us to remember how he has worked in our life. The problem is we forget, and that is why we start worrying about the circumstances we find ourselves in. So use every opportunity to share your testimony of God's goodness to you. Share the miracles that God has done in your life. Others will be blessed by your testimony, and God will be glorified. A medical study done some years ago found that people who had the attitude of gratitude and generosity are far more resistant to disease 
and are healthier than people who are grouchy and grumpy and are always complaining. Thanksgiving should not be an event in the life of a Christian. It should be a lifestyle. Every day you go before God and give him thanks for what he has done. Don't offer up a prayer without thanking God uh, for his goodness uh, to you. The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. How can I give thanks in all circumstances when so many of the circumstances are bad, painful, and overwhelming? We can give thanks because what we know that God is in complete control of all of our circumstances. We know that he is not caught by surprise by what has happened or is happening in our life. We can take comfort in the fact that God knows the burdens that we bear. He knows the pressures that we feel. He knows the frustrations that we have, the grief that we experience, and the help that we need. You see, God knows the tears that we have shed. He knows the storms that we have endured. He knows the troubles that we have encountered, the trials that we have faced, the pain that we have felt, the hardships that we have suffered. And when we express our thanksgiving in all circumstances, he replaces our heartaches with gladness. He replaces our fear with courage and our frustration with assurance, our turmoil with peace, and our dissatisfaction with contentment. I don't know about you, but I have much for which to give God thanks. It is now 62 years since I gave my life to Jesus Christ. He has brought me a mighty, mighty long way since August of 1957. I do not know what I would be without him. But at every step of the way, I felt God's presence and his direction. Even when I'm outside of his will, he still is with me to guide me and to direct me. And so we can trust God. We can thank him so that uh, in crisis, he can be our comfort. In helplessness, he can be our help. In loneliness, he can be our friend. In sorrow, he can be our joy. In perplexity, he can be our peace. In problems, he can be our solution. In weakness, he can be our strength. In decisions, he can be our wisdom. And in discouragement, he can be our inspiration. It was a thankful Christian who wrote, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Oh, you brought me. Yes, you brought me from a mighty, a mighty long way. You have been my mother and my father. You have been my sister, my brother too. Oh, you brought me. Yes, you brought me from a mighty, a mighty long way. A mighty long way. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. 
Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith.